Did you know that your favorite band also loves your favorite hockey team? If you love hockey and you love music, you're going to love Bar Down Breakdown, a podcast that explores the crossover between alternative music and the sport we love, hockey. Every NHL player wants to be in a band, and every band guy wants to be an, 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 you know, a pro athlete. With guests from all over the globe, come along with us as we interview some of the most captivating names in alternative music and talk about why we love hockey and how it's influenced us. You know, there was a, for a few seconds, I thought, like, well, maybe we should wear Montreal jerseys. And then I was like, mm, I think you should stay neutral. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. So tune in every Tuesday on the Hockey Podcast Network, where we'll have a brand new guest and a unique look into the bridge between hockey and music. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up? Welcome back to the King Strain Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Sorry for the week off, but uh, Happy New Year. It's 2021. 2020 is over. Um, but you know what's kind of annoying is all the like, oh, thank God, 2020 is over. 2021 is going to be the best. No, it's not. No, it isn't. I'm sorry to inform you, but it's going to be largely the same. But it's okay because we're like used to it. You know, it's not going to be as big of a of a bummer and you know hopefully the end of it mirrors the beginning of 2020 when things were more normal or they were normal uh but anyway aside from that welcome back sorry i hate taking like breaks um you know and and not putting stuff out twice a week like usual because uh, i know it gets confusing and it's like when is this going to come out well it comes out every monday thursday and we're back to that now um but you know holidays and all that I had family in town, couldn't record, so um, this is what we got. This is what we got. So, what do we have on tap for today? Well, things have happened, which is good, a good thing. Um, And as this comes out on Monday, Hurricanes training camp starts today, so that's exciting. We got the World Juniors going on, uh, and four Hurricanes players there, although a couple of them were eliminated, but still. Um, Some good performances, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about training camp. We'll talk about Seth Jarvis signing uh, his contract, and uh, we got a little off the rails for you as normal. So there you go. Um, also, we haven't done this in a while, but just to remind you, we do have an active uh, an active voicemail that you can call and leave a message. You can ask questions that way. You can just say whatever you want. Uh, and the number for that is 912-289-7882. 912-289-7882, okay? Uh, I'll put that in the description as well, so you can just click it and call and leave a voicemail. Um, let's get started, I guess, with the World Juniors, shall we? Um, so the Hurricanes have four players over. Uh, Noel Gundler playing for Sweden, Vasily Ponomaryev playing 
for Russia, Zion Nybeck also with Sweden, and Ryan Suzuki for Team Canada. Um, I think it's been a good, uh, you know, good World Juniors all around so far for these guys. Um, Gundler and Nybeck are done with Sweden. It wasn't a great performance by Sweden, um, but Noel Gundler had uh, four goals and an assist for five points in five games, which is obviously solid. Uh, Nybeck just an assist and a point, but played well. Uh, from all accounts, everyone kind of agrees that he played well. You know, it wasn't amazing, and obviously he's not just like ready to jump to the league by any means, but uh, it was a good performance, which is, you know, you always want to take a step forward in those uh, junior level, um, what do you call them? competitions or, you know, tournaments and all that sort of stuff. You just want to see the player take a step forward. Um, we'll get into it, but the person that I was most excited about uh, was Vasily Ponomaryov, which, have we decided how to spell my man's name yet? You know, is it Y-O-V? Is it Y-E-V? Is it E-V? Does anyone know? Because, like, in Russian, the letter E is, like, pronounced Y-E, like, Y-E. So, I think when we spell Russian players' names, we just, like, add letters, when really, like, we just don't know how to pronounce it. Like, it's the difficult, because it's a different alphabet, right? Like, Artemi Panarin's name technically is, like, M-I-Y, because that's what the sound would be, whatever. Just, like, have we decided on that yet? Ponomaryov. Cool. It should be, like, Ponomaryev, I think, but whatever. We'll pronounce it how we pronounce it, and it'll be wrong, because we're American, and we tend to say every uh, foreign person's name wrong. Nothing wrong with that. Moving on. Uh, really excited for him. And the reason why, you've probably heard me talk about him before, uh, shortly after the draft took place. Uh, he was my most, I was most excited for him. Obviously, Seth Jarvis is huge. Um, you know, I think talent-wise, we should all be the most excited for him because I do think he'll be an impact player for the Hurricanes, um, you know, in year, in the years to come. But Vasily Ponomaryov is a Russian player who plays, similar to Andrei Svechnikov, plays kind of a North American style game that works and you know with that russian skill a lot of times russian players tend to be high skill um but kind of you know lax defensively kind of up and down they're used to the bigger ice all that sort of stuff um panamaryev is a guy that you know plays a good two-way game already which is extremely important he's made several really smart plays on the defensive side of the puck in the neutral zone in this tournament so far that have really impressed me from a you know, 17-year-old player, 18-year-old. I can't remember whether he's 17 or 18. I think he's about to turn 18. That's just, there's there's a lot to, you know, like with with that. And if you didn't see his breakaway goal um, over the weekend, or maybe it was on Friday, I can't remember exactly what game it was, but he it was against Germany. And he kind of was in the play and then recognized that the defensemen were pinched in the blue line. So he slips out to the neutral zone, gets free, breakaway, sick move, He's got three goals in five games, and um, they've all been slick. He's been playing really well. I've, I'm super happy with his performance. Uh, and let's go down the list here. Gundler with Sweden uh, in five games was able to put up four goals and an assist for five points, which is great. You love to see that. Um, Ponomaryov, as we just said, three goals uh, in five games. Nybeck put up one assist in five games. And Ryan Suzuki for Team Canada, uh, two goals and an assist for three points in five games. Solid. Um, Suzuki obviously playing with a ton of talent on that Canadian team, so he's not getting, you know, the minutes that he would get on <laughs> with the, the talent that he is as a first rounder on, you know, any other national team. Canada's just stacked. 
So um, those are still really good numbers. And, you know, he's been playing well as well. Uh, all these guys have, have had good tournaments. So that's all you really look for to me. Um, the other prospect piece to talk about today is the fact that uh, Ryan, or <laughs> Ryan Suzuki, nope. Uh, Seth Jarvis was signed to his entry-level deal, which is great. I think we were all wondering like when that was going to happen. It happened. Awesome. Um, he is a guy I think will be part of the Hurricanes' top six, or at the very least top nine um, in the years to come, but uh, you're going to want to be patient with that one. It's it's weird. It's also hard to say, though, because development-wise, I don't know what's going to happen. If these junior leagues aren't operational, what, is the AHL going to be operational? Like, What's the deal going to be with these? Uh, the Junior players aren't going to be able to hit each other. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, there's things that are going to stint players' development. And it's really upsetting to think about that. Um, you know, some potential being taken away from from these guys. You know, and that's no one's fault. It's obviously, uh, you know, worldly circumstances that are beyond anyone's control. But the things that are going around around that, um, you know, might might hinder these guys' development for a year or so. So it's really tough to say when a guy like that makes a jump forward um, and starts his pro career. And it's really weird. I don't even know if the AHLs like, they haven't announced, you know, uh, plan to start their season. And there's obviously way more uh, leaps there than at the NHL level because the NHL can, can gather revenue from so many more avenues than just, you know, attendance in arenas. The AHL depends very heavily on uh, attendance in arenas. And obviously, if they're not going to get that, uh, it's a little more of a financial hurdle to jump through. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, I'm interested to see what happens with a lot of these guys. Obviously, you know, some AHL guys will end up on the taxi squad for NHL teams. Um, junior players, though, you know, as long as juniors are going, I would imagine all of them jump back to juniors that are eligible to. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how many teams carry a guy on their um, on their taxi squad, like through training camps and stuff, just to give them NHL practice experience if they're not going to be able to get uh, good in-game experience elsewhere, but you also hate to see a guy like that not playing games. Like it, that just hurts development to me. It's the reason why you know a, a guy that maybe could live on your fourth line but has top six potential, you'll keep him in the AHL because hey, he's playing games, he's getting better. He's playing twenty minutes a night. He's you know on the power play, on the penalty kill, all that stuff. In the NHL, he might be playing nine minutes a game. Like it doesn't help him get better. Um, so you know you you want someone to be in the best spot. For their development, so I'm really interested to see how that goes for a guy like uh, Seth Jarvis and you know Suzuki and all these first rounders and, and top talent picks that the Hurricanes have had. But let's jump into the training camp here and uh, and look at what the Hurricanes team looks like going into training camp. Uh, but I'm going to focus on the guys that uh, you don't you, you don't think about, <laughs> like the guys that aren't shoe wins for the NHL roster. Uh, because obviously, you know, Sebastian Ajo, Tevo Teravina, and Svechnikov, you know, all of the above NHL forwards from the roster last season, like, the team didn't really change much. Justin Williams left, uh, Jesper Foss came in. Um, so, you know, those are the guys that are obviously going to be playing. Um, you know, where they play is a discussion for, you know, maybe next week or Thursday we can talk about. But let's look at the, the guys on the list of uh, training camp invites that, uh, you know, either don't to me have a solidified spot or are prospects and, and talk about, you know, where they end up and all that sort of stuff. And a lot of that is going to come back to the discussion I just had on the AHL and what's what's the deal there. And, um, you know, I some of these guys will be carried on a taxi squad, and I'm interested to think about who that might be. So let's go to the list here. Um, in the forward group, 
to me, the first person that stands out as a, not a guaranteed NHL player, but a really good prospect is Morgan Geeky. Uh, we all saw what he could do in a very limited sample size at the tail end of last season and the restart. Uh, I thought he looked good, obviously. Amazing first few games in the NHL. Um, you know, doesn't mean quite as much when it was only two, three games, but uh, he had a good he had a good uh, playoff as well. You know, he wasn't as noticeable, but it's difficult to just play at a 1.5 points per game pace uh, as a rookie in the NHL. So I would expect him to certainly fight for a spot. Uh, I would imagine he remains with the team as an option uh, unless they unless the AHL is going like normal and they'd rather just get him some some minutes. I could see that as well. Um, Jeremy Bracco is another Bracco, Bracco. I'm going to say Bracco. It might be Bracco. I don't know. Um, if you remember, that was a, a uh, guy they picked up in a trade. Really talented AHL-level player. Um, I'll be really interested to see what this guy brings to training camp because he's much to me like an Andrew Podorowski. Uh I think Andrew Podorowski was a little bit more dominant at the AHL level. Um, but it was a guy where it's like, all right, this guy's clearly very good at this level. Like, Can he make the leap? So it's kind of make or break time for him coming up here. Is he going to just be an all-star level AHL forward? Or is he going to be able to bring something to an NHL team? Um, you know, that would be great to to get a little bit of depth and maybe add something to, you know, the fourth line or, you know, the top nine potentially going forward. Uh, that can get you, you know, 10 goals or so. Like, you'd love to add guys like that wherever you can. So this will be his chance to kind of make that happen. See what he can do in training camp and maybe try to stay with the team for as long as possible. If it, Even if it is on that taxi squad situation, you'd rather be there and have a chance to play in the NHL and get to practice with the team and all that sort of stuff. Uh, David Cotton is next on the list, a prospect that, um, you know, same same situation uh, as most of these other guys I'll list. Uh, they've been in the in the system for a couple of years now, um, shown promise, and we'll just have to see what they do in training camp because to me, I've seen almost all of them just keep improving, and you love to see that. And, uh, you know, you want to see him get to the next level, so again... It's going to depend on what the AHL is doing, but uh, maybe a guy that could start his pro career. Jason Cotton as well. Um, we don't know as much about him, uh, picking him up recently. Uh, and I'm also not the best person to be talking about some of these guys because I don't I don't pay attention to them as much. You know, I read as much as I can about them from people who do watch them. Um, but just a couple guys to keep your eye on. Seth Jarvis, of course, um, this year's first-round pick. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how he performs, uh, you know, if he's how he comes to camp, how he's able to learn the system and all that. Um, but I would imagine he goes back to juniors after training camp, as long as juniors is a thing. Uh, Steven Lorenz, uh, it's like another guy I'm really excited about. I could see him being a guy that stays on the uh, taxi squad as you know he was the next man in in the bubble situation in the playoffs this past season. You've heard uh, you know, people around the team say that, 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 that that's what the team was thinking he was the guy that they were like he will be the next call-up if we if someone gets hurt or something like that so um, big strides he's made in the last couple of years he's just a real you know gritty player he'll grind it out um, but he can put the puck in the net too and, and he's just a really hard worker so you need as many guys like that around as you can uh, I feel like Rod Brendamore would definitely love a player like that um, and you know have a lot of respect for that type of player Stelio Mateos is another guy with a lot of potential AHL level player um you know we'll see what he can bring um I see him as you know the next tier of guys to think about a call up and then you've got Max McCormick who's been around um you kind of know what you have in him another guy who could could uh you know be on the 
the taxi squad type of situation, if nothing else, because he has NHL experience um, and you kind of know what you've got in him, you know, and Rod definitely likes that over guys that you're like, hopefully he's got it together, but we haven't seen him at the NHL level before. You know, he doesn't want to take that risk unless you have to. Uh, Jamison Reese is a guy I'm really excited about to hopefully start his pro career here real shortly. Um, Playing for the Sarnia Sting, I think so at least. He was last time I checked, uh, but it's hard to keep up with transactions and stuff, but I'm pretty sure he's still with Starnia. Um, gritty player. Uh, he's gotten himself in trouble a little bit uh, over the couple years that I've been tracking him, but um, skill, grit, uh, you know, a, a two-way player who's going to be physical and has the ability to put the puck in the net. You'll love to see that. I could see him definitely being like a really good third-line player, uh, and when I say good third-line player, I mean like, on a, on a good team third-line player like that can provide you offense and also cover his own end of the ice. To me, that's what you look for. So um, you hope that that's what he ends up being. Then you've got Sheldon Rimple, who, to be honest with you, I know nothing about, and I'm not going to pretend like I do. That's not what you're going to get here. You're not going to get me babbling on about somebody. I don't know who that is, all right? <laughs> Drew Shore, uh, you know, picked him up in the offseason. Don't know much about him. We'll have to learn through training camp. Uh, Spencer Spallman, another piece of, you know, the AHL team that, you know, a guy who could be in the running for a call-up at some point. I don't think that he's in the first couple of options, but he's definitely an option, and he's someone on the radar. So, you know, we'll see if he can fight for one of those taxi squad uh, type positions, maybe even as the year goes on. So that's the Ford group. Um, Obviously, the rest of them are locked in. When you talk about the guys you think about on the roster, I would say up to, like, Jordan Martinook. You know, everybody else is a sure thing for the NHL roster. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve players. Right there. So Morgan Geeky to me is the thirteenth, being that he has that time with the team. Uh, and then you've got guys like, you know, Steven Lorenz, um, you know, Max McCormick, maybe Stelio Mateos, and Spencer Smallman, who will maybe fight it out. So those are maybe my top guys I would think of for like a taxi squad situation in the Ford group. Obviously, not all of them will be that uh, because some defensemen will be around as well. But we'll see what happens with that. I also don't know exactly the details of how that taxi squad's going to work, so I'm interested in, you know, kind of getting toward the season and learning more about how that situation is going to go down and how the team will handle it. Like we've, I've never seen that situation before, so it's tough for me to gauge how the management will plan to use that. Because I would imagine you don't just want all your, you know, best prospects there because you'd like them to play. So uh, we'll see how they handle that. I have a feeling a guy like Max McCormick could be the best bet for that sort of role um, because, like, he's not developing anymore, you know? He kind of just is what he is, and he's like a fringe NHL player. So um, that's perfect to me for the taxi squad. Uh, Let's jump to defensemen. Again, same thing. We know the guys who are in. Slavin, Hamilton, Pesci, Gardner, Shea. um, And you could argue between Flurry and Bean who's in. The fact that Flurry got the, you know, his contract, um, you know, I think that everyone wants him to be in that spot. He's going to have to earn it, though, which is great. You want him to earn it because he'll play better, hopefully. And if he doesn't, then, you know, maybe someone else can jump over him. You want the best player in the slot, though. You don't just want to be root. Like, I want Hayden Fleury to succeed more than anyone, you know? Not maybe more than anyone. Some of y'all are, like, real deal, uh, you know, fans. But <laughs> uh, you want a guy like that to succeed, right? But you don't just want him to succeed. You don't want to just give him the thing for the sake of him to succeed. Like, you want him to earn it. I want to see him earn it. 
And I think he he did a pretty good job of earning it last season. But, you know, 40 or so games in a season, and really, you know, not all of them were great. He was still a seventh-type defenseman to me for 20-plus of those games. So he maybe played 20 to 25 games where he looked like a, a top-six defenseman, and at times he even looked like a top-four defenseman to me. So that's great. But remembering that sample size of 20 or so games, um, you know, it's not a lot. It doesn't really prove anything. It's definitely a step in the right direction. I'm not taking anything away from what he did. But you have to also keep that in mind. I think a lot of times we forget. We're like, oh, he was great the last half of the season. Like, it wasn't quite half the season. It was like the the last third, maybe. Um, and he was good. He was definitely good. And he ramped up mostly at the end of the season. But remembering the fact that it was only like 20, it was a quarter of a season, you know, that he played like that. So you just want to see him prove it more before you're just like, okay, it's yours, kid. Like, I want him to earn it, you know. Uh, Jake Bean, he'll definitely be around the team. I would imagine this is a guy that, you know, is taxi squad, if not on the roster at any point. Um, and you could maybe say the same thing for Gustav Forsling, Joey Keane, and Joakim Ryan. Actually, Joakim Ryan might be the uh, the go-to person for that role for the exact same reason I said Max McCormick would be because, you know, he's like a fringe NHL defenseman who, you know, you're not necessarily worried about uh, developing anymore. He's just kind of around. And then you've got your goalies, and I think that there are three that will obviously compete for time, and that's Peter Morozik, James Reimer, and Alex Ndelskovich. So how much Ned gets in, I don't know. It's a weird schedule. It's not as condensed as I imagined it would be in my head. Um, not as many back-to-backs and such as I thought they would be, but uh, it's definitely still a condensed schedule. So Morozik and Reimer are going to go, 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 but uh, you, you never want injuries to happen, but so often it's it's really hard to get through a season without one of your goalies experience some level of a tweak, and I think you're always going to need to. So whereas you might have been able to just get away with, you know, riding one while another one heals for a week or two, I don't know that you'll do that this year. So, like, if one of those guys is out, Ned's definitely in. Um, and, you know, maybe someone struggles and maybe he comes in, gets a chance, and runs with it. You'd love to see that too. You just want to see one of them or two of them or all three of them get really hot and just and just keep rolling with it. Uh, but it'll be a rotation between those three guys, I think. So that's kind of how training camp looks to shake out. It's not going to be super interesting for a while, uh, but hopefully we get we see a lot of guys that, you know, show potential and, and maybe get a shot. There's always, to me, a surprise of training camp of guys that you were like, I didn't really expect uh, that person to... You know, last like to me last year it was Julian Gauthier was kind of the surprise of training camp, and uh, you know we saw how that ended up. So it's not it's not by any means doesn't like just equal a, a roster spot or a, a like future success. Um, but you want to see guys jump out at you, right? And sometimes it's guys that you didn't really expect. So you know maybe maybe Stephen Lorenz really takes a another step and and is like, whoa, maybe this guy should be on the roster. You know, maybe he forces out someone we didn't think would come out. Um, you need that. So that's a guy to me, you know, I, we all love Jordan Mardinook, but when a guy like that's contract expires, like he's going to have some competition for that spot. And that's good. You want that. You want competition. Like you don't want to see players leave. Right. But you do want the best team and the best, the only way you get the best team is by having people competing their hardest to earn a spot. If they're just guaranteed a spot, like it's not gonna, it's not gonna lead to the best team. So that's the, that's the best, uh, best case scenario there. So Season coming up here soon in just a couple weeks. Um, we've been talking about it for the longest. It's awesome to see that it's finally going to happen. Um, and in fact, if I look at my calendar right now, so today's the 4th that this comes out. We'll have an episode on the 7th. We'll have an episode on the 11th. So two more episodes after this. And then the next episode after that is game day, baby. And we can actually talk about some games. And then the following week, we'll get to talk about actual games that matter. And that will be 
the first time that's happened in mm, six months. So that's exciting. Not quite six months, I don't think, but it's pretty damn close. Um, so I'm excited to talk about that. I'm sure you guys are excited to, uh, you know, listen about that. But anyway, we spent a lot of time here, you know, um, getting into the nitty gritty of uh, actual hockey items, which is awesome. It's obviously the main purpose of this show. But you know what also was the purpose of this show? Uh, um, e- yikes. This is off the rails. Yeah. Wouldn't be the Kane's train without a little bit of off the rails, right? Uh, I got two things for you today. Um, and I have to, I'm going to talk about both of them. I'm not going to save any of them because one, one of them just has really had my attention recently. And the other one is like a reference of a New Year's thing. Okay. So I can't just let it go. Let's start with the New Year's thing because I'm sure a lot of you saw this. And the funniest thing is that like, I saw this and I was like, what is happening? And then I was like, hmm, that's, that was crazy. But maybe I'm the only person that thinks it was as bad as it was. And then I was getting like videos. <laughs> My friends were sending me videos like what is happening? And I was like, oh, good. It's not just me. Um, Cindy Lauper at the New Year's Rock and Eve thing on ABC. Dude, what was, is she okay? Like, you know, I'm a little young for Cindy Lauper. I can't say that I was like, you know, ever really feel like constantly listening to Cindy Lauper or anything, but I know who she is. Um, and the performance that she did, I mean, she had to be on something, right? Are we in agreement on that? Like, I wish I could play it. Maybe I can find a, a quick sample. Oh, here it is. I found it. All right, listen to this. Listen to this right here. Ugh. Off. Jesus. Hit a note. Dude, that's all I have from it. Also, that video (laughs) was called Cindy Lauper delivers awful in all caps New Year's Eve performance. Dude, you know what? Let's listen to that again. I'm going to do this. I'm going to let's let's remix that real quick. Check it. Too much vibrato, Cindy. Listen to how I can't even correct it. It's so bad. (laughs) It's so off. Oh my god, that was an auto tune, by the way. If you couldn't pick up on that, um, I ran it through my auto tune. And set it to the key of that song, what it's supposed to be. And uh, what you, if, if you don't know how autotune works, you know, it, it, it grabs whatever note you're singing and pulls it to the correct note, which the farther off you are from that note and the faster it's doing it, the more noticeable it is, right? So uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you heard how much it was working there. Um, Let's do it. Let's play it again, dude. That was good. That's bad. Oh. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. It can't even make it sound good. It's impossible. It's impossible. Dude. She is all over the map. All over the map. When I'm telling you I'm watching this thing work and it's going left and right like it's a freaking... I mean, all over the place, Cindy. If I was if I was her producer, and I was like, "Yeah, just send me the vocal, and uh, we'll see what we can do with it." And you sent me that, I would be like, "There's nothing. There's nothing I can do for that. That was the worst. I've never seen anything worse than that." Um, yikes, yikes, dude. That was terrible. So there's that. Uh, if you didn't get to hear that live, you got to hear at least a snippet of it right there. And that's pretty cool. <laughs> wow, that was so bad. I can't believe you could put on such a bad performance. She'll never get invited back to anything after that. But like, you gotta be on something, right? Or is she just that bad and we just don't know? Like, has anyone else seen Cindy Lauper live? Is she? Is that just what she sounds like? I would imagine no. I would imagine she has the capability of being better. Like, did she not practice? Maybe she didn't even know the song she was singing, you know? Uh, Yikes, dude. That was just really, really bad. I tried to make it better, Cindy. I did. I tried to, you know, make it sound good. And I just don't think it's possible. And that was just really bad. Sorry. Um, maybe we could, like, drown it in reverb. Let's try that. Here. Let's throw some reverb. It's better. That's what she needed. <laughs> oh, that's still pretty bad. That was bad. But that was better, right? So there you go, Cindy. I did my absolute best to uh to produce that into something that didn't sound like absolute animal shit, okay? Um so you're welcome. You're welcome for giving you that. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about before I wrap this up today. I've been driving by this for like a while now, and it just it just stood out to me a couple of days ago, and now it's the only thing I think about. Uh, I drive, I to get to work for me is about a 12-mile stint down an interstate. That's like right next to my house. And on the interstate, about halfway through that trip, there's a billboard on the left side of the road, okay? And this billboard was recently brought to my attention because they've been clearing a lot of trees on that side of the road to, for construction. They're widening the road. Um, and I guess I never really noticed it before, but now I notice it constantly. This billboard is a black billboard with white letters. Very, very simple and basic. And it has a few words on it. And what it says, verbatim, is... Nut milk is not milk. And that's all it says. So let that sink in for a minute. That, that there's a billboard out there. And it doesn't say like brought to you by whoever. You know, people against nuts or milk or both. All it says in white letters is 
nut milk is not milk in giant letters on a billboard on the highway. And I have a few questions on this subject, okay? The first one is why? Why is it necessary? What is it like? Why? Why would you do that? Why is it? Why is it out there? Is that is that a message that needs to be delivered to people? Like, is there a war in, you know, cow milk versus goat milk versus nut? Like, is there a war between those people? Is there like a Tiger King esque thing going on in the milk community that I am unaware of? Where is that documentary? If so, put that shit out like tomorrow. Um, so why is the first question. The second question. Who? Who? Who paid? I mean, billboards are not cheap. I don't know if you've looked up how much a billboard costs. I'll do it right now. Hang on. How much does a billboard cost? It's obviously going to, uh, you know, like go up and down. Uh, an average of $750 to $1,500 per month in rural areas and $1,500 to 2,000 in small to mid-sized cities. Okay, I would consider where I live a small to mid-sized city uh, on the highway right outside of that. So even if it's 1,500, it's been up there for a little bit, okay? Who's paying over $1,000 monthly to say, to advertise to the world, nut milk is not milk, and also do it anonymously? (laughs) Just like... I cannot believe that this thing is a thing. It exists. Uh, I don't even... I wonder... I'm going to, like, Google it real quick. Maybe it's a thing. Like, maybe it's an ad campaign. Oh, dude. It comes up as a suggestion on, on Google. Nut milk is not milk billboard. Dairy is scary. <laughs> There's also a billboard that says dairy is scary. Um. Yeah. Let's hang on. Let me let's dive into this real quick. This is this is really a thing, huh? Oh, here's a bunch of tweets. So George, this person says, "So Georgia, what's up with the nut milk is not milk billboards?" Hey, good question. Good question. I don't know. I pass it all the time. It drives me nuts, so to speak. Da-dumps. Wow, way to sneak in that pun. Ugh. But I assume it is associated with some shady lobbying organization. Like, what is their objective here? No one actually think that an almond lactates. That's a good point. This is what I'm saying. I'm glad. See, these are the things I need in my life because it proves to me that other people have these thoughts. Um, right? I posted the same thing the other day. Nut milk is not milk. Yeah. So go Google this sign, and you'll see the exact billboard I'm talking about. It just says nut milk is not milk. I don't understand. I saw it on twenty and Googled what it meant. Not a good billboard. <laughs> yeah. So it's no. There's not. It doesn't even appear that there's answers. Like it seems like it's maybe. People in the in the dairy world? Atlanta has a billboard that says nut milk is not milk. I can't make this up. I don't live in Atlanta, but I live on the same highway that leads to Atlanta, uh, and it's there. Yeah. Savannah has one too. Correct. It sure does. What, <laughs> what do we do with this message? Stop buying almond milk? Right. That's what I'm saying. Thank you, at skinny is mini. Uh, I agree. What did we, what did we do with that? Uh... So there's it exists. Everyone seems to be as confused uh, about this as I am. Big dairy is going after your almond milk. All right, well, I I don't know, man. I guess it's the dairy industry being like, "Fuck you, nuts! You're not milk. Stop calling yourself milk." I don't understand. Just putting that out there, it seems like it's not working. 
maybe save yourself a little bit of money. But please leave it up because it makes me laugh a lot. I'm going to start showing it to everyone I know too. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. Go to my Twitter, at Kane's Train Pod, uh, the day this comes out or whenever you listen to it and just go look. I'm going to put up the billboard, a picture of the billboard that is like on the highway right next to my house. So you can see just like, I'm not making this shit up. It exists. What and why? I don't understand. But anyway, if you know, hey, if you paid for that billboard and you happen to be listening to this show, hit me up. Let me know what is going on with that. Um, Because I just, those things consume my life. Like why that is up there. I will never know. Maybe the world will never know. But anyway, we started this show talking about hockey and we ended talking about nut milk um, and auto-tuning Cindy Lauper's <laughs> New Year's Eve performance. I hope that was an entertaining one. It was for me, um, and if it was for you, then I would suggest you go uh, rate and review the show on iTunes and make sure you're subscribed, and uh, there's more more where that came from, baby. I might start doing that. I might start looking for uh, really poor vocal, notable vocal performances and trying to like uh, make like improve them as we go on the show. <laughs> That'd be fun, right? Let's try that. Uh, so send me if you know any if you know any horrible renditions of songs that were performed live, or even not, even if they were recorded. Send them my way, or let me know what they are. I'll look them up, and we're gonna try and fix them. All right, we'll do what we can. So Cindy Lauper, uh, you know what? Let's take you out on that one, right? I'm gonna take you out with that, with my the best I can do with the Cindy Lauper performance. Okay, so enjoy that to end the show one more time, and uh, thanks thanks for listening. Follow at Kane's Train Pod. Follow at HockeyPodNet. Uh, check out the show every Monday, Thursday. Subscribe, rate, review. Um, and Cindy, I did my best. Have a good week. We'll see you Thursday. See you.